Hello, and welcome back to Psych in the City. I'm your host, Sarah Kelleher. As the title of this episode indicates, today, myself and a very special guest will be speaking about proposed bills, uh, legislation, and current laws that affect sex workers, the internet, speak to censorship, and how we interact online as a whole. The bills are written to be confusing. Legislation uses language that is difficult to decipher for the average person. I'll speak for myself, for me to decipher. And I believe that's very intentional. Being in the field that I am and invest in the type of work that I do, I seek out this information and know about these words and these bills because I research them and I learn about them from other people. But I understand that not everybody does. And I understand that the language can be tricky and that these bills could potentially sound like good ideas in their intentions, but in reality are disastrous. If you care about human rights, you care about this. And this episode is to help people understand these bills more. I am going to try my hardest to explain these things as clear as I can. And to help me do that is Leia Salonganisa, she, they, he is a drag artist from the San Francisco Bay Area based in Los Angeles. Leia uses her platform and her experience as a sex worker to help advocate for sex workers' rights with a focus on spreading awareness on anti-sex worker censorship law. Her TikToks on the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, CICIA, recently went viral and amassed over 200,000 individual shares in the span of one week. As part of her former graduate work at the University of California, Los Angeles, Leia studied digital sex work, racialized sexuality, and r- racialized effect of, se- of sexual technologies. As a drag artist, her work deals with the comedy of being the oriental other in its beauty and strangeness. She co-hosts the trans BIPOC variety show XOXO monthly on Zoom. Yeah, so my name is Leia Salonganisa, and I'm a drag artist, uh, you know, from San Francisco, San Jose, and now I'm living in LA. Leia, your post um, went viral recently, your very concise, articulate post about a recent mm-hmm. bill. So tell me a little bit about, that's why kind of how we started to have this conversation. I reached out to you via Instagram, um, because many people we're talking about this bill and then you kind of created a post that was really articulate in what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny you say concise. Cause now that I look back, I think that, you know, those videos were too concise. <laughs> yes. And so some of my phrasing was a little bit confusing. And so I, I made, you know, follow-up right. posts, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, so, you know, we met cause I was, uh, you know, this bill was, you know, not really trending online and it was hard to find information about it. And so that was the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act um, that was introduced in the Senate um, in late December. And I just, there was a lot of, you know, small whispers about it. But what kind of alarmed me when I was uh, researching what to see, uh, if I'm you know pronouncing right. that correctly, what it was doing, is, you know, in many ways, it was maybe just as far reaching and maybe even more dangerous than 
you know, SESTA-FOSTA, which passed two years ago and which kind of erased a lot of sex worker rights online. Um, and I was alarmed because not many people were talking about it. There really weren't that many videos about it. And in my mind, I was just like, it must be like the COVID cycle, the presidential cycle that people aren't talking about this. The ACLU isn't talking about it. Um, and so it was really scary to me, you know, as someone who is a sex worker and who also, uh, you know, used to do, you know, in-person sex work before really moving online. Um, and so I just wanted to spread awareness. And so, um, you know, that post, you know, was shared over like 200,000 times alone, like across all platforms I posted it on. And then I wrote a lot of written stuff. Anyways, you know, all that good stuff. And then we were talking earlier about how I had to like disable comments because <laughs> a lot of hate, you know. So before we get into what CECIA is and FOSTA-SESTA and the EARN IT Act, we need to discuss Section 230. When people say Section 230, they are referring to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which is a 1996 law and is commonly shortened to CDA. The CDA was the United States Congress's first attempt to regulate pornographic material on the internet. The Communications Decency Act of 1996 sought to amend the Communications Act of 1934. So, the CDA affects the cyber world in two significant ways. First, it attempted to regulate both indecency when available to children and obscenity online. And second, Section 230 says that operators of internet services are not publishers and therefore are not legally liable for the words of third parties who use their services. Basically, a host or website is not responsible for the postings and content of its users. This can be applied to social media, to forums, to blog hosting sites, and comment sections of major news outlets. It is basically the internet as we currently know it and understand it, and it is perhaps and is considered the most influential law to protect the kind of innovation and conversation that has lived on the internet and allowed it to thrive since 1996. Amendments are made to bills often. FOSTA and SESTA are two such amendments to Section 230. FOSTA is the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, which was introduced to the U.S. House of Representatives in April 2017 by Ann Wagner. SESTA, Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Rob Portman introduced SESTA into the U.S. Senate in August 2017, and the combined FOSTA-SESTA package passed the House on February 27, 2018, with a vote of 388 to 25, and the Senate in March with a vote of 97 to 2. It was signed into law on April 11, 2018. So what it does, FOSTA-SESTA purports to, which they all do, to fight sex trafficking, specifically child sex trafficking, by reducing legal protections for online platforms. It makes websites legally liable for content that users post if perceived to promote or facilitate solicitation. FOSTA carves out a new exception to Section 230, stating that Section 230 does not apply to, sim to civil and criminal charges of sex trafficking or to conduct that promotes or facilitates prostitution. The rule applies retroactively to sites that violate it. So Section 230 makes it so that websites are not responsible for the content that their users post. What FOSTA-SESTA did is that Section 230 still applies except when it comes to any 
conduct or content that could be perceived as promoting sex trafficking or promotes or facilitates prostitution. The thing is, is that that's very subjective and websites were unable to meet the guidelines or, or they were scared that any sexual content would be flagged. So websites chose to remove all sexual content or any perceived sexual content that could have got them flagged. This was extremely harmful to sex workers. Leia's post that went viral was about Cecilia, essentially a deeper iteration of Fosta Sesta. We've heard a lot about Fosta Sesta, which was passed two years ago, which had disastrous effects for sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Craigslist personal sections was taken down, Backpage was taken down. Um, yeah, many platforms. It basically made platforms so responsible for their content that instead of sifting through which was you know which post could stay and which post could go they just took off the whole anything related to exactly. any sexual content and many things can be strewed as sexual content even if they're not mm-hmm. um and you're absolutely right i have not heard your post I-, I had recently saw something on Instagram or read something online prior to your post, but your post was the biggest one that I had seen that people were talking about, about the Stop Internet mm-hmm. Sexual Exploitation Act. And this is a bipartisan bill, which... Yes, it is a bipartisan bill. Right, which they bill. often are because you throw, you know, sex in there and all of a sudden every, every mm-hmm. you know, politician wants to get on board with the sex trafficking and then everyone votes for it. Um Exactly. So, so can you explain a little bit about what Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act would actually do um, and why it's so problematic and why, you know, you made this post aside from that, like you didn't really see a lot of people talking about this. And this is essentially a reiteration or a deeper iteration of Sesta Fosta. Exactly. I think you are so on point with talking about um, how it is a it is like a deepening of Sesta Fosta. Yeah. And also, it is a bill that, as you, you, uh, you know, what I want, kind of want to talk about today is, you know, we have this. So I'm glad you brought that up, and that's yeah, recently we see this um, this trend of anti-sex work legislation that is censorship law that's being passed as anti-trafficking, you know, right. law. And what these bills do is coerce uh, websites. First off, like, you know, the language of this legislation is very vague. So websites often don't know how to act to avoid um, penalty. And so as you were saying earlier, these sites, um, because they are coerced, um, tend to just ban any content that can be deemed as pornographic, NSFW, lewd. Um, And, you know, SESTA-FOSTA at the time, a lot of people were saying, oh, this bill is going to open the door for increased censorship. And a lot of people countering that were like, well, no, it's, you know, it's anti-trafficking. And then, you know, two years ago, 2018, or I guess three years ago, technically now, everyone was saying, no, this is going to set a precedent for um, uh, increased censorship bills like CICIA that we have, that we're seeing now. So, you know, the predictions were right. And, you know, for me as a drag artist, as someone who's, I, you know, I'm friends with so many sex workers, so many people in drag, people who are trans, you know, post pictures of, you know, their gender affirming, you know, top surgeries, um, you know, even people who post body uh, affirmative content, 
all get sweeped under this bill. So not just sex workers, but all people suffer under this legislation. So that's why it was so pressing to me, not just as a sex worker, but also as an artist and friend of artists that I was seeing that, you know, everyone is going to be impacted by this. And so many people don't know about it and people aren't talking about it. So, you know, Cecilia, um, would what Cecilia would do, you know, stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, and it would coerce websites to verify, you know, identity of pornographic uploads, which is, you know, somewhat redundant because a lot of um, uh, platforms uh, require that. Pornhub recently just, you know, instituted that in reaction to, you know, the New York Times op-ed that was calling out Pornhub for the exploitative revenge porn and exploitative pornography on the platform. but what Cecilia does is it goes a step further and there's literally a section of the bill that bans pornographic downloads. Um, it does a whole kind of um, slew of things that would event- make it so hard for people to um, make a living off of NSFW content in the middle of a pandemic. So that's just kind of a broad the, you know, the thing is that uh, I believe, I, you know, I'm re- not recalling the name of the organization. It might be like the National Organization of Survivors Against, mm. um, you know, something sexual assault. But there, you know, there was a study conducted this year or last year that talks about survivors of, you know, revenge porn and exploitative pornographic uploads who have said that even the verification process doesn't stop you know, revenge porn for being uploaded, like the senators who wrote the bill were claiming, because, you know, even a lot of that content is uploaded through verified accounts. So even the thing that the bill is trying to address, um, you know, from actual survivors who did not author this legislation, were not asked to be part of the legislative process, have, you know, even said this is not really effective for us. And, you know, I've gotten so many messages. It is overwhelming. I've gotten so many messages from people of all genders who are OnlyFans creators who, and I just got an audio message yesterday from a girl who was saying, should I shut down my OnlyFans right now? Like, I don't want to go to jail. And the effect of these bills, because now everyone is scared shitless, you know, sorry to curse, but it forces people to end their work, to, you know, feel like they're not being protected. And it really is very damn, as you know, you've you know said it's damning for independent creators, independent companies, because suddenly they don't know what is going to happen in their work in two months. A lot of people think the bill is dead; it's not, and so there's a lot of confusion right now. Yeah, which is hard to and it, intersect. And I'm reading, you know, the uh, a few of the rules that. Cecilia proposes and it also would require that platforms have a 24-hour manned hotline staffed by the platform for content removal requests and there's no clarification on how the person requesting the removal would be expected to prove their identity and even Mm -hmm. though in spite of this rigorous verification process so and basically people are saying that the the proposed law also it will likely be abused by trolls who oh exactly you know the hotline services and also um and and that it requires the platform to remove flagged videos within two hours exactly so you know the the uh the reporting process is just expedited so if if you are falsely reported how can you even defend yourself first off Mm. um 
you know, and that, you know, the other thing is there's a, you know, another section of the bill specifies that there's going to be, a, you know, a thousand dollar penalty for a pornographic image that violates the law. So it's in the singular, a image. Mm. And if you really think about that, thinking of the hundreds of images that would probably violate the, the very stringent law a day, the penalties for platforms would be so massive that, um, it, it's it's obvious the intention of the bill would just coerce websites to just ban the creators and the content altogether, including any content that even remotely would risk penalty. So even content that's not pornographic. And you talked about you know Instagram uh, censorship policy that's you know been rapidly strengthening recently. And if you think about that, that's not even legally mandated. First off, right. because that is a, that's you know coming directly from the private company. Um, as a result of SESTA-FOSTA. Now imagine if that was legalized, all platforms would massively ban NSFW and NSFW adjacent creators, you know, meaning queer content creators would suffer largely, women would suffer largely, trans people would suffer so greatly from this bill. Um, so I, I hope I'm being on track. Yes, yeah, no, and and in your post, I want to address something too. In your in your TikTok post, uh, which is how I found you, because many people were sharing it, you said that this bill would actually mistakenly make child porn legal. Yes, can you talk a little yes. bit about that? That was one of the more controversial points of the video. It's also why I made follow-up videos because a lot of people were disagreeing with me about that. Right. The reason why there is contention about that point is frankly because the bill is poorly written. Right. The bill specifies that pornographic uploads must be in accordance with um, state age of consent laws you know, very obviously the problem is various states have age of consent laws that are underage. Right. So even if, and a lot of people kind of came at me and were like, well, this wouldn't really be enforced. And even if it's not enforced, the language of the bill is in need of rewrite. So first off, you know, that is it's one of the strongest reasons for why hopefully it won't pass um, because it contradicts federal law, you know, protecting against, you know, a child uh, sexually abusive materials being uploaded online. The bill contradicts that with its vague language. One person on TikTok said that, that this should not be mentioned when writing to our representatives and senators because it wouldn't be taken seriously. I kind of vehemently disagreed with that because it would be taken seriously because it is the most obvious effect of the language of the bill. Even if um, it contradicts federal law, the language of the bill is, um, is flawed. And so, right. um, so, you know, I can't add that nuance in a 60 second TikTok. I really, <laughs> I wish I did like in a long paragraph that appeared for like one second on screen, but I made a follow-up video talking about that, that you can see on my Instagram, um, which is Leia underscore Salonganisa. And, um, you know, so, so it does, but it's the, the problem with the bill is so much as, you know, I, what you said too, with, um, uh, how would the hotline even work is how much of this bill, how would it even work? Right. The authors of the bill, frankly, don't really understand the internet. Right. So it's just, poor, it's very poorly written, in my opinion, many people's opinions. So I also, you know, made a post that I didn't think was going to turn into anything, but it was about, it was an Instagram post about the updated terms of service. Um, 
being enacted on December 20th and how who was going to be affected, primarily sex workers, black people, people of color, uh, fat mm-hmm. bodies, you know, queer people. And, 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 and I had to shut off comments because so much. So the, the argument that I found a lot under the under the posts in, you know, less kind ways were that Instagram is a 13 plus age platform. And that people that are under that age should not have to see, um, you know, NSFW content. What would be your argument for that exact, you know, for, you know, for people that are like, well, it's porn. It's, it's, you know, like it shouldn't be on the, you know, people shouldn't be able to find it and we have to protect our kids. Like, like, what is your argument to that? It actually, especially with, you know, adult content, it, people are still going to look for it. It actually exactly it doesn't protect the workers it doesn't protect the people who are creating this content and so so what is your argument you know to people who say well you know people have to be protected on the internet you know what because i was you know would kind of dm people back and forth but then i was like you know what this is it's 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 a larger you know it's a larger conversation that can't be had in just like my dms under this uh, under this post you know you know my first my first response to that what i really want to say is and something i learned very recently is there's certain people on the internet who cannot be argued with (laughs) you know regarding their stance on like sex queer people sex workers porn so my first thing is for some people what is the point you know right and so then it's up to us you know as ad you know, people in advocacy to disengage. But the second thing is the argument that it protects people, as you said, is just um, erroneous. It, it's just false. It doesn't protect. Yeah. It harms labor. It harms creators. It, like Sesta Fosta before Cecilia, increases sex trafficking, increases child sex trafficking. These censorship laws increases um, in-person sex worker violence, uh, removes sex workers, from accessing community and legal resources, forums, um, and makes people scared to seek help. It criminalizes further. And it also um, makes illegal activity um, proliferate. And there's studies that show that sex trafficking prices increased after SESTA-FOSTA increased, you know, sex trafficking, um, uh, you know, you know, rings on the internet gained more money after the legislation more children were harmed and now the senate you know led by bernie sanders elizabeth warren and another senator who i can't um, name are you know and they all voted for sesta fosta are now doing the right thing trying to investigate the results of that but it's it's just it's just a false assumption that um censorship will protect children um, because that's not what happens. Because workers are harmed, their rights are harmed, and illegal activities um, uh, rise to the surface right. and are disguised even and are not, are not prevented. And so, and you know, as you said, you know, the people on the internet who are looking for it will likely find it. And then you get into the stuff about you know, should children be looking at pornography? And then it gets into the, you know, very puritan arguments about you know censorship of sexuality and what's appropriate for you know american values right it's a very slippery slope so i try not to engage too much but that is a really good question because you know people you know often think about the family think about children but what they're not realizing is you know families and children families and children of sex workers you know and people being trafficked suffer more under these laws Mm. so when when you think of the legislation it really doesn't stand under that excuse yes so let's talk about 
Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which is essentially a big part of, you know, earn it, of FOSTA-SESTA, of SESTIA. This is all part of it. Um, so can you, you know, so there was talk. Um, a big fear is that it Section 230 will be changed. It was, you know, Donald Trump has been trying to change Section mm-hmm. 230. Now Joe Biden is most likely going to, you know, he, he proposed revoking Section 230 completely. Um, and it's been modified over the years, FOSTA-SESTA in 2018 being a perfect example of that. So basically, like, you know, Section 230 is the Internet. It, it, it is the mm-hmm. Internet as we know it. And and, you know, what are your what are your fears, your concerns about Section 230 reform um, that 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 may come up? Well, you know, it's it's very scary. It's very complex. Um, you know, for listeners, Section 230 is part of the um uh, Communications uh, Decency Act that was passed in 1996. And basically what that does is it protects platforms from being liable for user-generated content. Yes. So, so basically what that means is sites are not liable for what people say um, uh, or the content that they post. And if it were to be revoked, then the most uh, direct result of that would be sites would start censoring and banning massive amounts of content of political speech, sexual speech and imagery, um, because then they could be held liable by, um, you know, numerous laws that would, you know, finance that are set to financially bankrupt um, certain platforms for what they, for users post. And the reason why we've been able to post what we want on, you know, the reason why OnlyFans exists, the reasons why, um, you know, Reddit for sex workers, you know, advertising exists, um, was Section 230 protected sites um, under that section. And so SESTA-FOSTA was one of the first, or FOSTA-SESTA was one of the first attempts because, you know, in the judicial system, they were trying to overturn it. It didn't succeed. So legislatively, they were like, okay, well, then let's just like, change Section 230 right. so that there are exceptions to it. And it has led us down to the slippery slope where now people don't want it to exist, um, which would remove protections from the internet for free speech. So, um, you know, my thought is that it's so sad to say, but this is really just, you know, FOSTA SESA was only two years ago. And that was one of the first attacks against Section 230. Now we have all these other attacks like Earn It, which, um, you know, is seeking to ban internet encryption or could potentially do that. Right. Um, we have FISIA, uh, we have, uh, you know, so much legislation that is beginning to bleed through that would destroy that part of internet free speech. And it's only gaining traction. It's only getting strong. And that's so scary to say. But I think that um, this is why the, advo- the you know information needs to be spread, why advocacy needs to happen even more, um, even faster, and why we need to really fund groups like um, uh, you know the Sex Workers Outreach Project. There's also hacking forward slash forward slash hustling dot yes. uh, org, which provides you know education and intervention training on how to deal with that kind of that future as sex workers. So I highly recommend um, people visit those two organizations and please donate um, and keep funding your your sex worker NSFW creators on the yes. internet and in person too. And um, <laughs> but it's 
I, I mean, it's such a big question because there, if you don't know, there's multiple laws seeking to dismantle Section 230 right now. Right. Cecilia is just one of them. There's also Earn It. And now there's all this misinformation about Cecilia is dead. That is not true. Cecilia is not dead. And all these anti-Section 230 laws are gaining momentum, Are have wide bipartisan support. Democrats will not save you. You know, Kamala Harris was one of the most fervent supporters of FOSTA-SESTA, criminalized sex work. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren as well, even the most progressive of leftists. It's only really recently in the last year after SESTA-FOSTA passed that we see really younger, you know, Congress people like, you know, AOC, and really not not to fetishize any Congress people or politician who are beginning to take up the mantle of sex workers' rights. But, you know, no one is really listening. It's really scary. And so... We really need to, this is the time to mobilize. And it's the scariest time to mobilize because of COVID, because of insurrection. And mm. so I mean, that's yes. my really long answer, but it's, it's, no, only, it's it really is only going to get worse from here on out. Like, and it's, it's quite odd. And people predicted it two years ago and it's, it's true. Let's do a little recap. Cecilia, the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act is a bipartisan bill that was introduced in the U.S. Senate by Ben Sass and Jeff Merkley in late December 2020. At its very basic level, it includes a series of overly strict regulations that would be imposed on the online porn industry. So what it does, it does a lot of things, but this is some of it. It requires verified ID and signed consent forms for everyone involved in the production and uploading of adult content. It requires the platform, not the user, hosting pornography to include a banner or notice on the site that tells you how to request the removal of content if you didn't consent to being in the video. It prohibits video downloads on all platforms that host pornographic content within three months of the legislation passing. The platforms are all required to have a 24-hour manned hotline staged by the platform for content removal requests. It requires removal of flagged videos within two hours. It requires all platforms to have an algorithm to prevent videos that have been removed from being re-uploaded after removal. The above is to be enforced by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And finally, it would require the creation of a database of people who do not consent to being in adult videos, which must be checked before any new content can be uploaded, the specifics of which are to be decided by the Department of Justice, and failure to comply with this requirement will be punished with a fine. So, and this could hypothetically be applied to pornographic illustrations on websites such as Patreon and It could also introduce additional risk for social media platforms and online platforms used for sexting. This infringes on free speech. And it also needs to be said that it would implement a video verification process requiring those uploading the videos to verify their identity with the website and submit, like I said, written consent from all who appear in the video. And while these protections seem innocent, I mean, they don't, but if you think that they do seem that way, they intrude on the privacy of performers and would be so cost, they would be so burdensome on the websites that many would just shut down or ban adult content altogether, which is what happened with FOSTA-SESTA. It became so much work that it just, 
it was just easier and less risky and more cost effective to take to take down all potential content. And the language of the bill applies to all websites that host and make available to the general public pornographic images, which again, we know is subjective. So Leia is going to go into why Sisia, the bill is not dead. And that was a rumor circulating around the internet and that Sisia is not a dead bill and that it is still very much possible. And it also needs to be said that under Cecilia, sex workers would be forced to give up the safety that online anonymity brings, and that for undocumented sex workers, the parameters are impossible to meet. This law will not only be detrimental to sex workers, but to any and all platforms that people use to post adult content, whether that's the platform's intended use or not as well as anybody who consumes adult content. So we also mentioned the EARN IT Act, so I just wanna go over that very quickly. EARN IT is the Eliminating Abusive and Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies Act of 2020. And it was introduced to the House of Representatives in October 2020. And it basically strips section 230 protections away from any website that doesn't follow a list of best practices, meaning that sites can be sued into bankruptcy. And the best practices list will be created by a government commission. And it's all in the name of child exploitation and child trafficking. And it basically bans encryption, and guarantees law enforcement legal access to any digital message. I very much suggest looking up the Earn It Act and reading more about it and going to EFF.org, and they have a way where you can type in your zip code and you they give you a list of your representatives, to, and they have a populated um, email saying that you oppose earn it. And I am almost certain after reading about it, you would oppose it. And so they have EFF.org has a petition that is already made or has emails that are already made that you can send to your representatives opposing the earn it act. And the thing is, is that all of these laws are written so vaguely and so subjectively that platforms can essentially remove people's brands, people's livelihoods, people's, people's life off of the internet without, you know, because it's so subjective and because the laws are so vague that that's scary too, because anything, anything could be construed as sexual under these laws because platforms are not going to be willing to take the quote unquote Mm -hmm. risk of having it on their platform. And I also want to talk about, um, you know, you had made a follow-up post saying that, you know, Cecilia is not dead. I actually messaged you and was like, oh, hey, Cecilia is dead. So like, let's talk about, and you were like, no, 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 it's actually not dead. Mm -hmm. So, so, so why did that, why did that come up? You know, why, what, what, what is the misinformation surrounding a dead bill? Does that actually exist? A dead bill does not exist. And, um, you know, one of the best replies I saw on Twitter responding to me was it's very hard for bills to actually die because for a bill to die, the reason for its legislation has to die. So when when mm. human trafficking ends, Cecil and bills like it will no longer pass. That's not the reality. It likely won't be the reality for a very long time. Um, 
and so Cecilia is still alive. The misinformation, and it's you know, this is part of what is so scary, and it's kind of a regret of mine because I should have really called this out earlier. But then again, there's so much limits to what I can do in 60 seconds. But um, Cecilia was introduced in the Senate, and I, I forgot what committee it was introduced in, but it was introduced on December 18th of last year, 2020. The congressional calendar refreshed on January 3rd, meaning that was like 15, 16, however many days after its introduction. People mistook that as the bill died in committee. Formally, you can say, yes, it did. However, you know, de facto, that's not the practice in congressional procedure. And a lot of sex workers online, sex worker organizations, including, and not to vilify at all, including the, um, the Adult Performing Artists Guild uh, Union, mistakenly reported it as a, as a early victory that the bill died. The bill didn't die. Senators Jeff Merkley and Ben Sass, who introduced it, knew that the congressional calendar would expire in two weeks anyways. And bills like this are often reintroduced, renamed, rewritten, um, addendumed, uh, uh, passed, revised. The, you know, the, the congressional procedure is very complex. And if you remember, even the DREAM Act was introduced in every Congress from 2001 until 2017, if I'm correct. Of course, the DREAM Act um, if I'm right, didn't pass. It was DACA that passed under the Obama administration. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I'm not an immigration specialist like a lot of my friends right. in ethnic <laughs> studies. But um, but it doesn't mean the bill died. And a lot of organizations are saying, hey, the congressional calendar refreshed. It's no longer in committee. That's false. The bill can be reintroduced at any time. And I, you know, I got into this argument with the APAG union, the Adult Performing Artists Guild, um, where I asked them to retract the early victory and they issued what I thought was a half-baked kind of um, clarification that was not cemented enough. Um, and the danger is that it kills the movement. It kills the stops to see a movement because people think there's, there's nothing to work for again because, oh, the threat is over. That's not true. There's multiple bills, as I said, that are up for reintroduction. Cecilia is one of them. Earn It is one of them. Earn It already went through one addendum, right? right? Um, and it's, it's just scary because, you know, if we want to advocate, we need to not um, paint the congressional uh, legislative procedure as if it's this simple thing that bills die. As you pointed out, thank, thank God that, you know, you pointed this out. Section 230 is under continual assault from many different legislative bodies and bills. And so... Um, I only wish that people would spread more awareness that the bill isn't dead because the threat's still there. And for all we know, the bill has bipartisan support and it might be reintroduced under a different name, under a different, right. or maybe it'll be combined with Earn It. We don't know. We just do not know. And so the danger is still there. And so thank you for being here. Yeah. So these bills receive bipartisan support often and overwhelmingly. And like you said, both from both the left and the right, there is often sweeping support. And I think this shows so many things about the fabric of the United States. I do think it's partly due to misunderstanding of the actual repercussions of these bills first from some politicians. That's not to excuse anybody or give anybody a pass. You can research, 
many people are speaking out about these bills. Sex workers have been warning people about these bills and about censorship legislation for years. So I think partly it's a misinformed view of what these bills will do, do from politicians. But more so, I think it's a refusal to include people who know about the potential impact to be included in the forming of the legislations. And more, even more so, it speaks to the uncomfort our society feels about sex, sexual labor, the very real and puritanical hatred for sex workers and whorephobia and valuing of purity and how sex workers embody this disruption in the system. And that's what they're attacking. And it's very obvious through these bills how certain lives are perceived as disposable because the, if, if a consensual sex worker's life work is taken off of the internet and, oh, well, they shouldn't be doing that anyway because that's not right and they shouldn't be selling sex and, 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 and so it serves them right. And that's the view. That is the thought. And the laws conflate sex trafficking with consensual sex work and don't acknowledge that sex work is a real invalid labor and workers, people, need to be protected. Sex trafficking is very real and is a real issue, but these bills and laws are not only misinformed and as a result increase trafficking because they push consensual sex work further underground and actually make it harder to find traffickers, but legislation also fails to address and acknowledge all the other types of human and labor trafficking that are rampant throughout this country. Yes, I, you know, I agree. And if you really look at the history of anti-pornography, uh, pornography legislation and activism and feminism, which, you know, began in the 70s, it has always been worded as, you know, sexual content, sex work must be, you know, abolished in the name of trafficking, in the name of women and children. So it's very deliberate um, from that movement of, you know, feminism, that, fe that strain of feminist thought in the 1970s, um, which, you know, were, you know, really comprised of, you know, the anti-porn wars of the 70s, which kind of became like a, a huge rift in feminist thought. Right. And also um, it's deliberate on that side of things. And it's also deliberate on the side of the right, of the conservatives, of the evangelicals, um, who also phrase it in terms of saving women, saving children, um, saving values, saving the family. And, it, uh, you know, the most interesting thing is, you know, the Pornhub verification process uh, that was uh, instituted in response to a New York Times op-ed that was um, lobbied for by Exodus Cry, which was an, a right evangelical organization, which is, and whose mission is to abolish, you know, sexual freedom and sexual speech right. from the internet entirely. And so it's, you know, to draw these connections is very important. And you're right, it, you know, it looks bad for senators, for representatives to not vote on something with such strong language. And that's part of the advocacy is when you write to your senators, when you write to representatives, when you write, you know, your posts about it is to reiterate how much harm these bill will do to women, sex workers, children, people being trafficked, who go even more underground, who face, you know, less legal access to online, you know, safety recourses. And so it's, you know, it really is a fight about language at the end of the day. And, you know, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And, and you have, um, there's a petition 
going around, right? That's in your, that's on a link in your Instagram. I know it's a link in mine that I got from you. Is that still in your? It is. It's in my bio. Um, so you can go to my Instagram, Leah underscore Salonganisa, and it'll be there um, for a while. Uh, you can also, if you know, to, uh, to support in other ways, please visit, please share, please donate to organizations like hacking forward slash hustling.org, yes. um, the Sex Workers Outreach Project, um, the St. James Infirmary. Please keep contacting your senators, uh, your representatives. Uh, please um, spread awareness. Use the hashtag stop Cecilia. Um, so, you know, keep funding your favorite just for fans, only fans creators. Please keep sending sex workers money. Um, share it with your favorite porn stars, with your favorite NSFW creators. Just keep sharing, keep advocating. And it works because you know, it's late, but two years after FOSTA-SESTA, three senators took up the aim to create educational initiatives to propose investigations into the damage caused by FOSTA-SESTA. Mm. And those were Warren Sanders and another senator I can't name because uh, I don't remember. But, it, you know, the advocacy works when you contact and when you reiterate the harm that is done. But we also need to keep funding organizations and funding our creators because that will make an immediate difference. Right. And that they're doing the work for the work that they're doing. Exactly. Thank you so much, Leia. This was really informative. Thank you so much. I know we didn't get to everything, but there's just so much and, there's, and it's so complex. And um, really, I just wanted to bring attention to... Cecilia and the you know your post and section 230 and how these bills and laws are very much alive they're very much being changed they're very every day it seems like there's something new coming on and and I just um thank you so much for for all of your knowledge and um where can we find you I am on um TikTok and Instagram as Leia underscore Salonganisa and if you can just, I don't know, the spelling. I, I will spell it. Yeah, we'll spell it. <laughs> and I will link all of what we've talked you. about in um, this interview today in the recording notes um, in, in with Hacking Hustling, with, uh, with St. James Infirmary, all of the organizations that we spoke about today. Please, please, please send money to your favorite sex workers and to your favorite organizations that support sex workers directly who are fighting for these rights um, and for, and for all of our rights when it comes to the internet. And thank you so much for coming on. You can find Leia on Instagram at L E A underscore S A L O N G A N I S A. And they have a petition in their bio for stop Cecilia and please sign it and read about it. I have the same petition in my bio at Psych in the City BK. All the organizations that were referenced and the resources that we use to gather this information, they're all in the recording notes, the podcast notes. I really encourage you to read about these bills, Earn It, Fosta Sesta, Cecilia, the Section 230. It is so important to understand how these bills will cause more violence than they will help. And pay sex workers, donate to organizations, grassroots organizations that are directly helping sex workers, donate to people and organizations that are 
sharing about this information and how harmful it is and how these bills are misinformed and, and, and research, do your research about it. Um, thanks. <laughs>